you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. The Around the NFL Podcast knows what a turkey hole is. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined in a garage that has just one hero, Mark Sessler. What's up, boy? How you doing? Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. Yes, it is the Friday morning after Thanksgiving, and uh, we have gathered here uh, in the rented garage, uh, usually... <laughs> The spot of the throwback <laughs> podcast that I do with my buddy Bob Castrone, my bosom buddy. Uh, but once again, on Thursday night games, we keep the tradition of doing it here in the garage. Uh, a little chilly. I got the space heater on. If you hear a minor hum in the background, that's because it, it dipped into the 30s in L.A. last night. And uh, it feels good, actually. I like that. It was reminding me of being back in the Northeast. We're East Coast guys, and uh, it, it's I love anything that veers toward autumnal winter seasons. And I know we don't have a lot to complain about with the weather here, but this was a chilly evening into morning. No quid pro quo. No. <laughs> no global warming. Um, <laughs> okay. Let's go down that road. Save it for the political podcast. <laughs> All right. So, yes, three games on Thanksgiving and what we're going to do. It's essentially a um, – it's like a supersized mini pod. So yeah. we're just going to talk about the three games um, that were played. Um, the first game went basically the way we expected, with little hiccups along the way for the winning team. The second game kind of rearranged some feelings about two different teams. And then the last game, a little bit of a blur. I, uh, I wasn't drinking I'd very agree much. with you. <laughs> I tied it on a little bit at the NFL media uh, Wednesday night gathering. Right. You're in the Howard Hughes phase of your life now where we can't get you to go out anywhere, anywhere so you missed it, but... It was a nice gathering, and I definitely hit the Tito's a little harder than I should have. And that affected you not for the first two games the next day, but the, but the final game? That's interesting. I mean, no, what I was saying was <laughs> that it was a little, um, a little blurry, the third game, not because of drinking on Thanksgiving. I see. But because just ate too much food. 
It's it's also you know it's it's, it's a, a long, long it's a long day of football yes. if you're tracking those games and I I wouldn't say that I'm in the Howard Hughes phase. I uh, <laughs> your that, fingernails right now, by the way, for the <laughs> listeners, are each 17 inches long. I am uh, I'm not I'm not going out as much as I used to, uh, which I miss. What I'm really trying to do is get you just to feel my absence and 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 and, and have that affect your uh, your relationship with me. I don't know what I'm talking about at this. This point. is what you got to be careful with though, in this new phase of your life. Yeah that people get used to your absence. And then you just drift away. Yep, then I'm gone. And then you're just wandering the streets. Alone. I think what you need to do is make the surprise appearance, uh, which I will do. I didn't know, yes. had you gone to Cozy, I would have done what I normally do from the house, is play. You can actually <laughs> manipulate the Cozy jukebox from my house over an app. And I believe I once played It's Raining Men 20 <laughs> times did. in a row. I could have pulled that move. Would that have been your choice again had we been at the Cozy? It's always the choice. We did. Uh, there was a, a listener that spotted us. We had the whole gang there. Colleen, Gonzo, Brassy in the house, Ricky Hollywood. Cynthia Freeland, I believe, Cynthia Freeland. Yeah. I guilted her into coming. Eddie Spaghetti <laughs> and his wonderful girlfriend. Uh, the whole gang was there. Uh, uh, who else was there? Thomas Warren, our buddy, Lakeisha, of course, and Wes. And Lakeisha did get her hamburger at Hanano's at the end of the night. As she will. Which she deserves. Uh, so it was a great, a great gathering. And um, then a lot of football and a lot of Thanksgiving. We got 10 people in the house. I fried a turkey. Uh, in this garage, I believe you did. Garage, I don't, and I was concerned that I would be smelling um, fried meat products, and I don't. There's no trace of that. Yeah, we kept the garage door cracked open yesterday while that was going on. But there's also a little burn mark in my rug that will forever memorial, memorialize <laughs> um, la- yesterday's activities. But anyway, enough about that. Great holiday, but now we spin forward. The season doesn't begin until after Thanksgiving. Uh, so these games, I guess, didn't count, but let's get into them anyway. And let's, let's not go in order. Let's start with the game that most people are talking about. It is the middle game uh, in Big D. The Buffalo Bills looking to make a statement, and I think they did. Five wide empty at the Dallas 15. Four-man front, shotgun snap. Allen, lock left side, checks down. He runs, sprints, pumps. 15, 10, 5 to the end zone line. He's in. Touchdown, Josh Allen. His eighth rushing score of the year. And with 3.37 to go in the third quarter, the Bills a dominant 22-7 edge on the Cowboys. Josh Allen. Wow, buddy. Two touchdowns on Thanksgiving Day, including that rushing touchdown where he just... You know, that was a man, as you put it on Twitter, I believe, Mark. Yes, he a is man. a man. <laughs> yes. So he scores twice, doesn't throw an interception, plays clean football. More than can be said for the Dallas Cowboys, who lay an egg at home in a really important game for them. Final score, 26-15. Bills get the win. And, yes, an important game for the Cowboys, and we're going to get to the Cowboys. But it, I think it's almost it's it, it's unfair because even – uh, when the Bills have this quote-unquote statement win that everyone's been saying, oh, the Bills need to be the team that matters. After the game and today, I'm sure everyone's just talking about the meltdown of the Cowboys anyway. So let's start with the Bills and give them the respect they deserve because, Mark, they fall behind 7-0 in this game. Dallas makes it look easy. And, you know, it, it was playing right into you and I's lock uh, selection. In fact, uh, if I could pull up the tweet that you sent me, Mark, as we locked up the Cowboys foolishly, um, going into this game. Your tweet after the first score was 
our lock is going to fly today. And I replied, when Jason Witten is scoring, it's looking good. Wow. Little pompous <laughs> asses. Uh, and then what happens? The, the Bills score, what, 23 unanswered points? Uh, and they uh, just cruise. So what was your thought, Mark, watching this game unfold and if, seeing it spin away and the Bills pull away, which nobody predicted? I thought the, the defense for Buffalo made a big difference. They, they forced a couple turnovers in Dallas, turno- in Dallas territory of Dak Prescott. And that, you know, they, the Bills have had a tough time, I thought, all year closing drives with touchdowns, and they got it done this time. And they just simply seemed to, and we talked about it, Josh Allen operating as a total raging man. That, that, that's how it was in this game, that he used his brute power on the ground, uh, 10 rushes for 43 yards in, a, in an awesome touchdown run too. And they just kind of squeezed the life out of Dallas. And, you know, I, I understand that the, the Cowboys are a talented team, both on offense and defense, where you want to look at these metrics. Uh, they kind of rise up to the top of the crop in both categories. But by the end of the game, it was Wes texting us saying, you know what, I'm kind of done with the Cowboys because they, they don't close games. And that's why we're talking about them afterwards, because of the way that Joe, Jason Garrett, and we talked about this on our preview pod, I thought was totally outcoached by Sean McDermott. And the Bills, this is a signature win, and they're 9-3, and three, and I feel like they are hidden away, couched away in western New York, and no one talks about them. They played every single game in a row at 10 a.m. Western time, West Coast time. Over and over, you don't see them on prime time. This was the kind of win where suddenly they are on the radar because they dropped a massive death bomb on the Cowboys. It was. It's close to a death bomb for Dallas, but somehow they're still in first place at six and six in the NFC East. Uh, yeah, if you this was the story around the Bills that they had, um, they had all these wins against teams that weren't any good, and uh, seven of their eight wins entering Thursday were against teams with losing records. Uh, but we talked about it on Thursday. The This was it. This was the stage for the Bills uh, after years and years of 1 p.m. games that no one was paying attention to. Everyone was going to be watching this game. And now they're 9-3. and three. And not only are they uh, now a near lock for the postseason, uh, barring a complete collapse. They're a lock. Um, you also don't forget about the AFC East because they keep winning and they keep the pressure on the Pats, who have a lot of issues. And this is a a big thing to watch. I don't think anybody really is. But they have the Texans this week, New England. Uh, They look like a team with their issues on offense that could potentially go into a slump. And then that leaves the door wide open uh, for the Bills. Uh, Do they they play each other in the final four They play each other in Week 16. And after that Texans game for New England, New England has to play the Chiefs the week after. Now, then you get the Bengals and the Dolphins in there. So it's a tall order to suggest that the Bills could win the division. But, but it's the, not absurd. It's not absurd. Yeah. It's, 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 it, the fact that it's possible here in December, is in early December, is, is fantastic. And the Bills are one of the least reported on teams in the NFL. And this has to be the feel-good operation in the entire league right now. And they now get basically a half by 10 days off and they have the Ravens in week 14. So I I imagine there are people that will be out there and be like, well, yes, they did win. And this was a nice win, but the Cowboys, it turns out aren't very good. Well, that no one will be questioning anything about the bills. If they go and, and play the Ravens and, and somehow win that game, but we'll, we'll get to that down the road. As far, as far as the Cowboys go, the reason I locked them up and the reason I'm sure you did too is just this felt like the game where because they are or 
this is I'm going through my mind entering Thursday. They are a good team. Maybe they're not a great team, but they're a good team. And at home, after the owner sounds off and kind of puts everybody on blast with the talent that they have on offense, uh, that they would find a way to get this a win that they needed and move forward and move past because that's kind of been a part of the story of the Jason Garrett era that just when it feels like the walls are falling in, they get that big win to get back on their feet. And in this case, they did not. And uh, after the game, it's telling. So, you get, of course, one of the best parts of Cowboys games is the Jarabox uh, sweet shots, and it was getting darker and darker and darker. And then by the end of the game, uh, when reporters catch up with him outside the Cowboys locker room, he has tears in his eyes talking about uh, what's going on with the Cowboys. Let's listen to that. This is not the time uh, for me. I'm looking ahead at another ball game, and I'm looking ahead at winning four or five straight, five straight, and helping write a story that uh, they'll talk about how it looked like you were down and out and got it done. And I mean that. I mean that. That's the way that I'm operating. Every decision that I make over the next month will be with an eye in mind to get us in the Super Bowl now. Well, I think it's very clear that a coaching change is coming, and you predicted that as one of your post-Thanksgiving, now that the league, now that the season matters, um, uh, predictions. And, and and I suggested even after that that I thought it could happen before Week 17 because of the way this team uh, operates and the fact that you're going to get comments from Jerry Jones after every single game and, and all week long. And you know, I honestly kind of felt... For, J- for for Jason Garrett watching him on the sideline and just the you know he's one of these guys where you can you can kind of read what's happening inside on his face and I, I just seems to be like a man in pain and they are lucky Dallas and you know I'm tweeted this out that the NFC East is is doubling right now as like a youth hostel for small clowns and it's it's a mess so you could still win that division you want to talk about the Bills winning right. the East in the AFC the Cowboys could still win that division because the Eagles are punchless and have their own issues too but the overall direction and the inability to play up to the roster's talent is ominous and I, I think we're looking at the final few games of Jason Garrett who's been there for so long and what the problem is the beeline with Jason Garrett the in-game coaching decisions uh the late game crumblings that's been consistent with him throughout and there was you know they were they were I think what they were trying to do if you're Jason Garrett was be more aggressive and show I'm not going to be this hyper conservative coach they went forward on fourth down inside the 10 yard line against Buffalo and it was an incomplete pass by Dak Prescott was a killer play for them and they you know they they tried to do certain things that you would expect maybe like a John Harbaugh of uh, John Harbaugh of 2019 to do and it didn't work out because and that's on the players that's not all on Jason Garrett but the Cowboys to me are a one and done if they get into the playoffs they're just they're not they're not living up to their talent and I thought they did a better job of that last year than this year yeah that it won't be good enough just to make the playoffs and go one and done it now that we're getting down to the nitty-gritty, as it were. Um, don't know what that means, really, but I use the expression. I think that's from a time when uh, men were doing a little bit more man work than we do. Man work? You mean podcasting in a gar- well, rented I garage just, I'm s- I, I don't think that nitty-gritty is something that we deal with on a day-to-day basis. <laughs> yes, now that we have it's a smaller picture. We're not above the treetops anymore, to use some cor- corpo jargon. There you go. They need to essentially, they're 6-6. Six and six. They got to go 3-1 and one down the stretch. They got to win the division. And then I think for Jason Gard to keep his job, they have to then win a wild card game. And all of that, by the way, all that still feels plausible because this team, when it's in its top gear, 
uh, can hang with a lot of teams, but also it just maybe it's just not going to happen with this team and maybe with this coach and it's just time. We'll see. They get the the Bears who are now 6 and 6 at Soldier Field. Uh I think it's a Sunday night game. That could go either way too. And I mean, I, I I'm with you. I just I, I also you win so you win a wild card game and get waxed in the next playoff operation is that really a pro jason garrett moment i just i think it's just more of the same it's a thursday night game actually i should uh, clarify that so that's a uh, we'll be covering that game next week and maybe that will Can't be wait. the game when we'll be tolling the funeral bells uh, for the jason garrett art because they lose that game well they'll still probably win the division i don't well, trust no, the eagles to do anything i don't know the redskins and giants are already dead and buried it's a messy division um all right let us now move to the first game we watched. Uh, so take it away. Fourth down play. Lau surveys the defense. Play clock running down to seven. Now at five. Lau gets the snap. He's back to throw. Lau is looking. Heaves it up off his back foot. Down the left side for Galladay. Intercepted by Eddie Jackson. He'll go down at the 14-yard line. And that should seal it. Eddie Jackson, who had a pick six on Thanksgiving a year ago, picks that one off. It should end the game. Bears will take over with 29 seconds left on top by four. Eddie Jackson seals the deal with an interception of David Blau. Did we get it's Blau? David Blau. David no, listen, Blau. I, not only do I know his last name at this point, I would say that I'm one of the biggest David Blau fans out there after what You're I You're Blauhead. I'm a, actually, there is a... Kendall Freer from uh, Yahoo, our friend who used to work at the NFL, she and I have anointed ourselves as co-presidents of the Blauhards, a fan club that will be re- releasing newsletters monthly until 2046, no matter what happens to David Blau's career. Is, would this be happening if you didn't still have Gardner Minshew to root for no, Well, she was, she was a huge Minshewian, and as, as was I, and with him out of the picture, we've quickly moved on to David Blau. you got to wonder what the Minshew maniacs think about all this. I think they they would. There's a similar energy with David Blau. I would have loved had he you know sealed the deal versus throwing that interception. All right. So Mark has another subpar quarterback to pump up, <laughs> and we have a Bears 24-20 win over the Lions. Um, for all the Blauhards out there, a very nice job. The first pass on the NFL is a 75-yard touchdown. Uh, he got them. He had another throw, scoring pass. So he he played a really nice game, all things considered. He is a third string quarterback, though, and that started to show as the game progressed. And the Lions, a team that just has never found a, found a way to win this this year. Well, I guess you could, you you weren't saying that when they were three one and one or whatever. But it's just been kind of a nightmare since they've lost eight of nine. And we'll see what that means for Matt Patricia. Uh, Mitch Trubisky was the better quarterback on Thursday. Uh, at Ford Field, he had his best game of the season. In fact, this was the type of uh, game, although imperfect, that the Bears kind of thought they would get on a semi-regular basis. He he threw for over 300 yards. He threw a tu- he threw three touchdowns. Um, he made some mistakes, um, an interception. He also uh, had that puzzling uh, third down scramble at the end of the first half, where he veered <laughs> left instead of going to uh, for the first down. But maybe his hip and his shoulder and all those injuries play into effect. I don't think we should be judging the toughness of any man running towards 275 linebackers trying to end his life. Um, but anyway, nice job by Trubisky. Really, in general, I'll say this for Trubisky, and I think maybe the toothpaste is out of the uh, the old 
tube, Mark. Okay. You know, I've been using that one lately. I just like it. That works. I don't know if the, the Bears can talk themselves into Trubisky after this year, but he is doing himself a favor uh, regardless with a, by trending upward in the last few weeks, and maybe he could end in December hot as well. Uh, because 29 of 38, 338, almost nine yards in attempt, three touchdowns. The Lions are a bad, bad defense, and a quarterback and even an average quarterback should be able to have his way. So this is progress, and the Bears, I'll have to check out where we're at with the playoff picture, and I'll do that when I throw it to you, Mark, but they're 6-6, six and six, and at least they, if you're a Bears fan, you're not going to go into December with a dream. Well, you mentioned they played the Cowboys, and they also have the Packers, Chiefs, and Vikings. So the road is that's rough. the okay. road is rough. The road <laughs> well, is. Well, I rough. hope you enjoyed Thanksgiving. Yeah, I mean, fans. it's just like that, that. That's that's the thing for me is the overall arc of some of these teams. It's nice when you get this win on the big stage and everyone sees it. And Trubisky, you know, I tweeted out like mid third quarter that Mitchell Trubisky is a thing of the past, and I was proven wrong yesterday. Now, I don't know what that means overall because... Mark's getting choked up because he thought he had Trubisky dead and buried, and now he's talking about <laughs> it, him playing you know, a good game. He, he, he showed up a lot of people yesterday, and there, was, there were moments where I thought Matt Nagy looked very steamed at Mitchell Trubisky at the end of the first half, and that, that was a talking point in the broadcast, too. This is a team with the highest percentage of three and outs in the NFL, and they've looked that way. But you got a big game from Anthony Miller at wide receiver, Allen Robinson. They haven't really had their wide receivers show up consistently week after week. That has a lot to do with the guy throwing the passes. But they took care of Detroit, who tested them uh, more than you would want. And, and if, if I'm a Bears fan, like I, I don't necessarily know if this changes uh, the environment and what I think about Mitchell Trubisky. Do you really go into next? Do you want confirm? Do you want to be confirmed that this is your guy and you go into next season with the same problems? Is he growing? Is he changing? It was a nice game against what has been a pretty bad defense. He also had a terrible interception. Darius Slay picked him off on a uh, what I thought was one of the one, just a typical Mitchell Trubisky turnover type scenario. Yeah, it wasn't a perfect game, but it was progress. Yeah, that that's kind of what I'm getting at. I wonder if there's if Trubisky no matter what happens, if the Bears decide they have to <clears throat> bring somebody in. At the, very east, at the very least, you imagine they'll look to upgrade over Chase Daniel because one of the big mistakes of this Bears season has been they put themselves in a position where if Trubisky didn't work out, Chase Daniel was never really an option because Chase Daniel is a substandard backup quarterback uh, with limited upside, if any upside at all. So they kind of had no choice but to ride with Trubisky. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I, I mean, Trubisky is going to be the main storyline. You give credit to the bears defense, uh, for that's his first up. 300 yard passing game all year. And in 2019, that that's an outlier. <sighs> like these quarterbacks are throwing for 300 yards with, you know, in mediocre games. And so I, like, you're just not getting, I, I just don't, I don't really care sometimes about like you, you need the game, game to game production, and he's not he's not reliably doing that for the Bears. And that's a nice performance yesterday, but come on, let's look at the overall body of work. It's very concerning for a number two overall pick. I would be stunned if he's their starting quarterback. Couldn't you September. see? Maybe could you see Cam Newton in a Bears uniform? I I just can, and I feel like he'd fit that team. I just. Someone that comes in and gives them is a veteran that can give you a bit, little bit of a different operation than 
I mean, uh, the, remember the carnival atmosphere about finding a kicker. Imagine what it's going to be like with the Bears and Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy finding a quarterback. That's going to be a major yeah. storyline. Well, and I think because Ryan Pace picked Mitch Trubisky and probably <clears> wants <throat> to see this to the very bitter end, like you may not get a different quarterback. And he's, because... a, he's under contract. He's under that rookie contract, and his trade value probably isn't high. Maybe, maybe he's a guy that gets floated in, in trade talks and – and you can get a mid to late round pick. I don't know. We'll see what happens with the future of him. But the Bears defense, which has shown signs of life the last two weeks, they not that they were ever bad this season, but they needed to be dominant uh, like they were at their best last year to help float this bad offense, and they haven't been up to the task, but they uh, held the Lions to just two field goals in the last three quarters of this game. I did have to ask you about what happened at halftime of this game because that early Detroit-Chicago or Detroit matchups in general on Thanksgiving give you that halftime performance that gets floated out there as a big deal with typically uh, performers right. that you've never heard of or you're not, you wouldn't uh, right. you know, go out of your way to watch. This was the Brothers Osborne. I felt for them because... Well, yeah, I'm not sure exactly what happened, but there was a, like an electricity uh, shortage or a blackout right before they started to play. And the brothers Osborne, uh, one of them a typical lead singer-looking guy, the other a bearded fellow who plays guitar and sings. Also, so the guy should be cooking a turkey. Yeah, somewhere that, in Arkansas. I mean, like yeah. they were stuck on stage, and the cameras did not veer away from them. They just stuck on them, <laughs> and they had to stand there and like deal with this a minute plus of energy shortage and this the fake crowd that they put out around the bands when they do these things. Right. Started just taking make selfies. Make they're real people, but they're very much a fake crowd. It's a very fake uh, orchestrated crowd, but just the the awkwardness level of that was I want it initially enjoyable and then to me damaging. <laughs> yeah, the power outage <laughs> at halftime. I, I put that in terms of NFL lore just a a bit of a bit ahead of Super Bowl Forty Seven. I just thought ahead. in terms of yes, in terms of the the reach, how people will remember it. Um, how it will just stick in people's minds is like one of those unforgettable NFL moments, okay. <laughs> the Brothers Osborne power outage at the 2019 right. Detroit Lions 3-8-1 versus Chicago Bears 6-6. Six and six. Yeah, I'll never forget it. They never. they battled through it. I'll give them that. They because they they did perform the song eventually. Where was the power yeah. outage during the Nickelback performance of? Uh, That's when we needed less electricity. All right. Anything else on this game? No, I I, no, that's I come out of here just very excited about the whole concept of David Blau, and I, I hope that he gets more starts. <laughs> and Matthew Blau Stafford, hearts. look out. Uh, and I did mention the Bears defense. Roquan Smith, he was the absolute star. 15 tackles, 10 solo, two sacks, wow. two tackles for loss, two QB hits. Oh, my goodness. That's one of the best defensive games uh, we'll see this season. All right, finally, uh, Thursday night football, Thanksgiving night uh, in Atlanta. Three receivers left, one to the right. Ryan drops. Saints bring it five. Pressure, and down goes Matt Ryan. The ninth sack of the game for New Orleans. And what a way for them to clinch this victory. Cameron Jordan gets yet another. His fourth of the game. His 85th of his career. And the Saints are 38 seconds away from winning the NFC South. Well, he's working against the rookie, Caleb McGarry, and it's a hand swipe. He knocks the hands away. McGarry has no shot. Cam Jordan gets on his edge, and Matt Ryan is a sitting duck in the pocket. He didn't have, he didn't have any time to find anyone down the field. And the offensive line of the Falcons, another tough week. Cameron Jordan have a day. The 
Pro Bowl defensive end, finished with four sacks, one of, I believe, nine in the game for the New Orleans Saints, uh, who had some issues with special teams down the stretch. Yeah, they not recover an onside <laughs> kick. My goodness, someone's going to get fired. Uh, but because of that incredible pass rush or that horrible Atlanta offensive line or both, uh, the Saints do hold on 26 to 18, uh, the final score. And with the win, and this is one of those things, a benchmark you would, any team would set. When you could clinch a division on Thanksgiving, you are doing a nice job. And that's what the Saints did. They're the NFC South champions at 10-2 and two in Atlanta, playing without Julio Jones, who has a bum shoulder. Who knows? They might shut him down, go the A.J. Green route at this point. Uh, they're 3-9. and nine. Uh, Mark, this is a nice moment, uh, nice night for your boy Taysom Hill oh, yeah. as well. Two touchdowns. And, you know, that lock I had where I said he'd get to seven is very much in play. Where at are we at right point. now? Five? I believe it's five. And uh, you know, it's he absolutely there's a shot because I think we're seeing that Sean Payton loves his versatility. And he also had a blocked punt. I mean, this guy kind of does it all. He's sort of a Bill Belichickian dream, like someone that handsome can just, guy too. That handsome man. Interview, handsome like, man. all right, yep. I see what you're doing here, Taysom Hill. You're That's fall, why America's going to fall for you. When you when you want to, you know, drop a big sandwich proposition on someone, you do it on a handsome guy like Taysom Hill, who's a bit of a wild card, does it all. Very nice performance by him. Do you know there's also a fan group? I'm surprised because your your wager that uh, that you wouldn't already be there, but I I founded it with a handful of other women in the New Orleans area okay. uh, on Taysom Hill. I like that's that. the name of our group. I like that. I like last night. What I tweeted out was Tasty Hill because that's how I feel about this player at this point. <laughs> you were tweeting a lot last night. Well, man. it's like you know, like there's no. I had no no family families up Howard north, Hughes. so I'm home and like I'm watching three straight games. My fingernails are extremely long. <laughs> there's, My there's, only way to communicate with humanity is mason Twitter, jars so. filled with a yellow liquid that's not game. You know, I'm really wishing I'd I'd popped into that uh, that Wednesday night. Get together because this narrative is un- unfavorable for me. So, should have anyway, done it. But you were tweeting a lot, and and uh, Tasty Hills, yeah, another gem from the Sessler account. Tasty Hill because he does it all. And this, I thought the game kind of just sort of played. You said it was a bit formless. I think you mentioned or no, I didn't. I didn't. Say well, anything. no, at, at the top of the show, you mentioned that there wasn't a lot to take out of oh, it. I just was like but, in a in a haze by the end of a long holiday. By this, it game. was the perfect late game because you know outside of the Greg Rosenthal um, Falcons fetish group, like there was just it kind of played to script. I thought the way that you'd expect, and the Saints are very much alive still for not just a bye, but potentially the first overall seed in the NFC. If a couple things go wrong for the 49ers, New Orleans is right there. Can I just say this, though? I And I like the Saints a lot, but I'm not like in love with how they're playing the last three or four weeks now. They, they're they a little bit, I don't know, a little messy, a little not as sharp as you'd like. They're winning. They obviously had that hiccup the last time they played the Falcons, uh, and they've won every game since. But I, I'm not seeing a team, when you look at a team like the Ravens, uh, or the they're 49ers, not dominant. they're not dominant. They're not doing that no. type of damage. And I guess it makes you think it plants a seed is of, all right, well, we got the San Francisco 49ers uh, next week. Let's see if they can hang in that game. I mean, I think the Saints can hang with anybody. Yeah. But I think they just need to be a lot sharper than they've been in recent weeks. I think what I give them is, and it kind of reminds me a little bit of the Patriots who are not dominating people with blowouts and dropping 40 burgers on people is they've got Sean Payton, who is a top 
two top three coach in the league. And, you know, quarter, whether Drew Brees has been in the lineup or not, they've been in every game. But you're right. They're not, they don't strike you as some sort of ruffian, uh, absolute juggernaut that's going to just take out anyone. They can, the Falcons hung around in this game, and the, the onside kick stuff was bizarre. I mean, I— it, Young way coup for the win. Oh, but he also, he killed them with—, a, with who Miss PATs, Miss I mean, Field. I'm not. I'm not I mean, should the I not glory okay. is in the onside kick in this <laughs> era is, where they changed the rules yep. to make an onside kick impossible to recover. And I think was the first onside kick that got called back on penalty. Was that a bad call too? They ruled off sides. So. I, I believe. thought so, but he and credit to the rest of the special teams group. I don't want to just highlight one guy, but. Koo put it in the exact spot. It was like a pinball wizard, like shooting it right in between like the up back that's supposed to be the blocker, uh, but putting it in a place where it was before Alvin Kamara or the, anybody else from the hands team could get to it. That's a real skill. I feel like that should earn you a roster spot for the rest of your life. I, I'm with you, and I, I am sad to feel that this game that was not as much on your radar as you would think because you had the glorious Mike Tirico announcing along with Tony Dungy and Rodney Harrison. And Tirico, one thing I... These these, these are these are these guys are not all created equal. I mean, Tariko is just a creative guy. Where the way he was describing some of that action late in the game in general, what a pleasure! And it's I feel like we've been robbed to not have him in our life as a play-by-play man week after week. It is, there's a lot of we've talked about it off off mic a lot, maybe on mic, but there's definitely a Joe Montana, Steve Young vibe with Al Michaels in the Montana role. And you have this guy, Tariko, who's an absolute all-pro, maybe even a Hall of Famer, waiting for his opportunity. And, and he's, you know, he's 25 years old. He's 26. He's 27. He's 28. He's 29. When is he going to get <laughs> his chance to get behind the mic or get on the field uh, to extend that uh, analogy? I believe that Tariko will be able to make his mark, but he's waiting for Al, Al to like step Taysom away. Hill. He's Taysom Hill. You know, All right, well, that's okay. That's strong. And I, I'm on Taysom Hill. You are. You're you on know? Tasty Hill. You're right. You're so riding that hill. I, I, I think that maybe there's a little difference there. But I, you know, nice game uh, for the Saints. And and I have to say, on the Falcons side, Matt Ryan shouldn't be playing if you can't protect him. That was an atrocity. What was happening at the end of that game? Even as you're trying to get, if you're in the, if you're in favor of the chaos theory, and you're just like, oh, this is going to be crazy. Let them go down the field after these onside kicks and get the two point conversion. All of a sudden, they're in overtime, and everybody's like freaking out on the Saints sideline. But it was never felt even in danger because they could not protect Ryan, who maybe held the ball a little longer than he should on some of those sacks too. So it's not all on the line, but they just had no chance. And Cam Jordan was just running free. Uh, it was a turnstile. Uh, down the stretch it was wild and that shy tuttle interception was insane i mean ryan you know he when you look at some of the mistakes oh, the he stiff made, arm of matt ryan get oh, this just, guy out of here i know protect you, this man and it's a holiday i mean we should be treating people better on a holiday so uh cj gardner johnson had an interception as well so a sloppy game by the falcons and a three and nine it's quick it's funny in the nfl when like when the Dolphins won those two straight and we're showering them with praise and then they yep. get killed twice. The Falcons are the same situation now. That All that talk about, ooh, Dan Quinn's going to get his job, job saved. I don't know, three and nine. You just imagine that there's going to be a change there. And the Saints played without left tackle Teron Armstead, who's inactive, uh, has suffered an ankle injury. So they're going to need him back uh, to be at full strength when these games matter the most. Uh, but just keep stacking wins. That's what the Saints are doing. And maybe... They hit their stride. 
I think so. And like, you know, again, Jared Cook, who just looks like a, like he's a tight end, but he's like a big bodied wide receiver that is fast and making plays week after week. That's a big deal to have suddenly back in Drew, in the world of Drew Brees, a tight end that can make plays. Yes. And that was something we kind of expected to happen in August and it wasn't happening. Uh, and Michael Thomas, good job, buddy. Held to six for 48. He's still ahead of pace for the all-time catch record, but now it's becoming possible he finishes just a tick below. Which would be good for him. I mean, I just, just in terms of, you know. the right thing to do. Right. There's that's things that are bigger than football, and so it is smart. <laughs> All right. And I have one other note unrelated to these three games. Okay. Uh, the Patriots released Nick Folk. Tough business in the kicker game. We're on kicker corner right now. He killed them last week. I mean, they won. They, but he uh, got they, an appendectomy. Uh, appendectomy. Oh, well, then, so there's... And, they, and instead of just saying, all right, get well, buddy. Egon, maybe well, they're going to bring him back. Who knows? In that situation, I, I always wonder, is there um, a team doctor housed inside of the New England complex that somehow had some sort of, uh, you know, formula to create an appendectomy situation? Because <laughs> that's, that, then you don't look like the bad guys when you release them, so... Do you know who they signed to replace Nick I Hope? believe it was a former Browns kicker. It is a gentleman who like him or hate him, the guy's a pro, and he's finally back in the league. Kai Forbath. Oh, it's, it's Kai. So now it's, this is what you've been asking Kai's for. Kai's Kai, That's baby. what you've been asking for. <laughs> it's a little bittersweet because I don't want any New England Patriots kicker to excel, so I'm kind of in an impossible situation here. Um, but I'm just happy that this era of Kai balling is over, and yeah. he deserved to be back in the league. Yes. Nick Folk was like, you know, on a retirement cruise ship somewhere, and they brought him out of two years of retirement. Kai should have been on this team already. So I wish him well. Uh, again, I'm, I'm definitely torn because I hate the Patriots. With it puts every you in a very strange being. place, no doubt. Uh, but I do want to see Kai do well. So, you know. It just with the Patriots, it's never it's never simple. Well, it's you know you have to ask about the Kai locker room dynamic there because that's something that's sort of been tra- you know wherever he's gone that's been an issue. So we'll find out. In fairness to Kai, <laughs> that's actually not true. I that's just what I've been hearing. I had scenes, so. I had my reporting yeah. years ago that Kai's Kai. Yeah, but we've never actually heard it reported in NFL circles that. Kai's Kai. I mean, if you're reporting it to me, it is rock solid information. My so. report is like in life. Okay. Kai's Kai. Well, the, you in know, a locker room, maybe because he's a kicker, he keeps his head down and he's not quite Kai's Kai, if you get what I'm saying. Well, I mean, 32 teams have decided that not until, you know, deep into the season is he worth employing until now, you know, know, so. Well, maybe it all changes now. Four kickers for the Pats. All right. That's it for the Thanksgiving recap we will be back as a foursome on sunday night recapping the rest of the week 13 games so make sure you return for that and uh everyone uh as we turn to the christmas season and the the holidays uh hanukkah your kwanzaa if there's anyone that any other category i I hit them all happy holidays as we prepare for that i'm gonna go get a christmas tree nice Uh, my in-laws are here so we're gonna make a whole in other words, there's no break. There's no rest for the weary. Here. There's no rest. There's no rest. And I, I hope that it's a nice tree. And how about you? Just go back into the uh, cave? Uh, picking up the family from the airport in a, in a few <laughs> hours. So I, this narrative that I am like hidden away at home, as, as you mentioned, a Howard Hughes figure, We did try to get false. you out of the house three consecutive days. We couldn't do it. We well, couldn't I was, do it. I, you know, I was in a, sometimes you just severe a little antisocial. That's where, I, went, that's where I went. You so. went deep cover. Now deep cover. you get... 
overwhelmed because the kids are going to be on fire to be home. They're going to be on fire. It's going to be, I miss them though. It's good. The wife's going to be on fire. I don't know about that. We'll see. I mean, hopefully she will be (laughs) of mellow attitude. We'll find out. All right. Well, there's a lot, a lot hanging in the balance here. Uh, So thank you everybody. And uh, as per tradition for Thursday slash Friday recaps, take it away. Dick Banks. And Zeus and Mr. Fancy Pants The Flames need NFL news And here's their chance It's ATL Around the league Light a flame, boys Pigskin's hot tonight Burn, baby, burn You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.